Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back to my sermon podcast. It's great to be back with you again. We are um, we have an in-between Sunday here at Urban Village, which means from time to time, before or as we end one sermon series and before we start another one, uh, each of the uh, each of our sites does uh, a freebie uh, or a Sunday where they uh, do something that they feel like will connect to their particular context. So, uh, at Urban Village South Loop, we are focusing on a passage from Second uh, Corinthians chapter four, verses five through twelve, which uh, may be familiar to some of you. So, let me read this passage and talk a little bit about what uh, we'll be reflecting on uh, at my particular site. So, here are these words. For we do not proclaim ourselves, we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in clay jars, so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being made, sorry, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. May God's blessing be on the reading of this word. So I'm going to, I'm going to introduce the sermon by first uh, having one of our lay people come up, a woman named Tara Sharp, who is the chair of our what's called our site strategy team. She's going to talk a little bit about our uh, somewhat new leadership structure at Urban Village South Loop, or at Urban Village, I should say. <clears throat> and then she's going to talk a little bit about spiritual gifts and um there is going to be a, a website that people can go to to take this spiritual gifts assessment. Uh, and I'll put this up on the Podbean page if any of you are interested in taking this. Uh, obviously, this is geared toward Urban Village, but I think anybody can take it and may get something out of it. So I'll put that URL up on our website or on the Podbean page, and you can click on that and take the spiritual gifts assessment. Uh, so after we talk about that for a moment, I'm going to ask people to think about that notion of what it means to have a spiritual gift, to kind of keep that in mind, set it aside for a moment. We're going to pick it back up, uh, but just have that in the back of your minds. Last weekend in my home, uh, we are going through one of our, uh, I guess, storage pieces of furniture, for lack of a better phrase. Uh, we have this piece of furniture that has all these different wicker baskets in it, and we store things in it. Whenever you have something where you store things in, you probably uh, are like us, hopefully, in that things tend to accumulate and you put things in there that you forgot about or you don't know what to do with, so it just goes in that drawer or some other storage uh, component. So we are... um, moving that storage thing out of our family room and we're going through all the different baskets. I was going through all the different baskets to see what treasures were in there. And I came across one of those baskets is kind of a place that we store electronics that we don't normally use anymore. Old iPhones, a couple of old cameras. And as I was going through all of those things, I realized in two of these old cameras, uh, we still had some film 
Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the concept of film in camera, uh, there's this little canister uh, that uh, film would go in and you would take the pictures and then that film would then wind back up either um, manually or electronically and then you would take it into somewhere for that film to be developed. You would wait anywhere from one to a few days, go back to get the photos. And so it was kind of a neat thing to see these cameras and to see this film because I have absolutely no memory uh, of what is on this film. I have no idea what's going to be on there. And so last Tuesday, I took it in to this really wonderful old uh, camera slash Photoshop in the loop in Chicago. Uh, and when I walked in, I it was like going in a time machine. I think at the store called Chicago Camera, and I think it claims to be the oldest camera store in the city. And I would not doubt this at all. And so I think I could have picked it up in a couple of days, but I haven't picked it up yet. So I'm really excited to see what exactly is on this film. In this day when we are just used to seeing a picture that we've taken literally in a matter of seconds, uh, to be able to wait and to not know what this little treasure is from these little canisters has gotten me pretty excited. It's a treasure in a container that probably some, if not many, think that is no longer needed, this little yellow film canister. This verse in 2 Corinthians says, But we have this treasure in clay jars, so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. This verse from 2 Corinthians was written by a man named Paul. Uh, Paul was one of the very first, probably the most notable, uh, Christian evangelist. He had a experience of the resurrected Christ uh, and totally transformed his life so that he dedicated his life to sharing the good news of Jesus uh, throughout that area, throughout uh, Turkey and Greece, well, modern-day Turkey and Greece, and starting churches in places as far away as Rome. And so in the Bible, if you ever pick up a Bible and near the back of that Bible, there are different books of the Bible that have what seem like funny names, like Galatians and Philippians. Uh, these are all letters uh, written by this man named Paul. Again, to remind you that think of a Bible as a library, different kinds of writing in the Bible. So the, near the back of the Bible are these letters that Paul has written to these churches that either he started or helped start. And these letters were written to individuals to let them know who Jesus was and to tell them how to be communities of faith. So this letter that we're reading from today is from this or to this city, uh, to a church in a city called Corinth. Uh, Paul and the Corinthians didn't always get along. Some of the people in this church felt like uh, they could do church, they could do their faith, probably as good as, if not better, than Paul. Uh, they were wondering who he was, who did he think he was, uh, to try to have any authority over us. So Paul's having a hard time of it, uh, trying to defend who he is and where, in fact, he gets his authority. So he tries different ways in making these arguments, but then he decides now in this letter to emphasize humility. Humility, and one scholar says, humility, forbearance, and mutual respect. Trying to go at it this way, too. And so in this letter, Paul is emphasizing that really, it is not me that you are listening to. It is out of my weakness. It is out of my weakness that validates my authority. 
again, this scholar I was reading from says the suffering, rejection, and struggle that Paul went through, all which would seem to diminish him as a human leader, actually serves to reveal the extraordinary power of God. So Paul is saying, if you don't, if you think that I am nothing, if you don't care for me, if you don't like the way that I argue, if you don't like my personality, all these things, that is exactly what I want. Because it is not me that you are accepting authority from. Instead, it is this treasure that I have, that you have, that all of us have within what Paul says are clay jars. These fragile bodies. It's not my stuff that you're buying into. It is, as Paul says, the extraordinary power that belongs to God. The gospel of Jesus. Paul is trying to get them to understand it is not me. It is instead this treasure, this treasure that I have and that you have. We have this treasure in clay jars, this extraordinary power that belongs to God. We, Paul says, we have a treasure. We have extraordinary power. Paul said it then, speaking about himself and all those who believed in the gospel. And I think that travels over the centuries and is true today, that we have this treasure. We have this extraordinary power. I do and you do too, that we all have this. I mentioned earlier about this whole notion of a spiritual gift, that we all have this something, this spark within us, that we each have this. And that in and of itself is good news. I know sometimes it's hard to believe that, There are days that we don't think that we have anything to offer the world. We don't feel very powerful. Uh, We don't feel like we have any kind of treasure. Instead, we may think, I can buy into the clay jars because there are lots of days where I feel brittle, uh, feel kind of uh, messy. And that may be true. There are days where we can do wonderful things with this vessel that we have, our bodies. And there are days, too, where we know that we are fragile, that we fail, that we mess up. And yet, as Paul emphasizes, within that, within that is this treasure that comes from God, this extraordinary power that comes from God. As I was reflecting on that this week, I thought about the song, This Little Light of Mine, which probably some of you may know, especially as children. In fact, the author who wrote it meant for it to be sung for and learned by children And yet it was also used during the civil rights movement in the 1950s and 60s. And you probably know how it goes. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. And I was thinking about that, this little Light And at times, perhaps we feel like there is a light within me, this extraordinary power from God. And there are times like it's awfully little, but you've got it. And we are called to let it shine. So I was thinking about that song. And so that led me to reading more about the uh, songs of the civil rights 
movement. And as I was reading uh, about this, I also read about this group from Albany, Georgia, that I think I had kind of heard of, but reading more about them this week was pretty powerful. So in this small Georgia town in the southwest part of the state, there was this really impressive group of singers. And those who had heard about this group from the uh, Albany movement were just so taken by the force of their singing. And the folk singer Pete, Sing- Pete Seeger in 1962 had visited the, uh, this folks in Albany and had this idea. And so he suggested uh, to the executive secretary of SNCC, Students Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, a man named James Foreman. And he suggested to James Foreman, he said, you should take this group and they should go out on the road to help raise funds for the SNCC and for future campaigns. And so the Freedom Singers, the small group of folks, then hit the road and they went out and they, from there, visited, or they traveled, I should say, 50,000 miles over nine months through 40 different states in this Buick station wagon. They played at colleges, at elementary and high schools, in concert halls, living rooms, jails, political rallies. And this tour ended with the March on Washington in August 1963. It was a remarkable story of these individuals. I don't know, they were young, in their late teens, early 20s perhaps at times wondering what do we have to offer, but they knew they could sing. One of the individuals, the original members of the Freedom Singers, was a woman named Ruth May Harris, who knew the impact they could have. They knew that they could sing. And she said in an interview that she doesn't think the civil rights movement would have gotten as far as it gotten without the power of these songs. In worship, I'm going to show a video that if some of the original members of the Freedom Singers went to sing at the White House uh, eight years ago, February of 2010. And uh, it's a really wonderful uh, clip. And so they begin to sing the song, Ain't Nobody Gonna, or Ain't Gonna Let Nobody Turn Me Around. And they sing this. Ain't gonna let nobody turn me around, turn me around, turn me around. And so the freedom singers are singing. And then after about 20 seconds, she stops. And she turns to the audience. She says, you know, I know we're up here performing, but this is a song that all of us are going to have to sing. And the crowd kind of chuckles, including President Obama and the First Lady and she realizes, they all realize, this is something that we all participate in. That this gift, she is saying, Bernice Johnson is the woman who is saying this, this gift that we have is not meant just for us to sing and to use. This is for all of us. And so the whole group there begins to sing, ain't gonna let nobody turn me around, turn me around, turn me around, keep on a walking, keep on a talking, gonna build a brand new world. And this clip has so many wonderful things in it. First, I think it conveys that they are showing that we have this little light. We have this treasure. We have this extraordinary power of God that we are using. And yet, this treasure is meant to be used by us to sing and to utilize for all of you to utilize and sing. And then in this song, too, the lyrics are powerful, that nothing is going to 
make them turn around. They are going to keep on and keep on, and they're going to build a brand new world. Paul gets at this too in the passage when he says, We are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. This is the message, I think, from this passage, that we all have this treasure in our beautiful and in our limited bodies. We all have this. It is meant to be used. This light is meant to be shown, not to be hidden. Despite the fact that we feel like clay jars, brittle, utilitarian. But this is for us, and no matter what, even when we are afflicted, even when we are crushed, perplexed, driven to despair, persecuted, struck down, we are not forsaken, we are not destroyed, we are not driven to despair, because this extraordinary power that is within each one of us will never, will never go away. And so I will encourage my folks to take this spiritual gift assessment to get a better handle on what it is about this treasure that we have and how we can make use of it, and then to make use of it, even in moments when we are broken and crushed and persecuted and struck down, even in those moments. Friends, claim that, that you have this treasure in this clay jar. Claim it, and then use it, and then sing it. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for listening. Uh, the podcast is slightly shorter than normal this week because, uh, like I said, I'm going to be showing a, or be talking on Sunday, and so also making time for that video clip. So, uh, thank you for listening, and I'll be back next week with a uh, reflection on a sermon series on prayer that we are starting next week uh, during this season of Lent which begins this coming week, starts on Wednesday. Uh, Valentine's Day is Ash Wednesday this year, so I hope that this is a a season for you to uh, begin to reflect and uh, undergo some faith formation yourselves. As always, you can reach out to me, chris at urbanvillagechurch.org, or on Twitter, I'm at Christian Kuhn. I'm always happy to engage and answer any questions you might have. Uh, And then you can also learn more about my book and read my blog or listen to my other podcast, you can go to my website, christiancoon.com. Thanks again for listening, friends, and may the peace of Christ be with you.